Dance Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. We have a special treat. One of the best acting coaches in the world is with us. Her name is Margie Haber, and she has a special book and a special life. The book is called How to Get the Heart Without Falling Apart, and featuring the Haber phrase technique for actors. And she's with us right now. Welcome to the program. Well, you know, I'm very glad to be here because my son's name is Michael. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailor solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. A formal intro that Margie is regarded one of the top audition specialists in the country. For the past 20 years, she has taught many of Hollywood's rising stars at her own Margie Haber cold reading workshop in Los Angeles. Ms. Haber also holds ongoing workshops in San Francisco and New York, as well as seminars in other cities nationally and worldwide. You deserve it. And uh, it's a real treat. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about you and about not acting, but that slice of life. Mm, very good. That's right, because you don't believe in acting, you said. You said that you believe in it, uh, having a slice of life, playing, living the life of the part of the person, not acting. It's learning how to be a good human being is what you're all about. Right. Well, you know what? I, I teach so much. You know, the book, the first part of my book is what I love the most of the whole book. Because the first part of the book is how I get in my own way, how I am my own worst enemy. And now I extend that, which is you know, a great piece, to how I lose my power. And we lose our power by thinking we need to be actors. And when you're an actor, you're always in a needy position. You're always going, oh, God, I need this job. If I get this job, I'll be happy. If I get this Can job, I'll be happy. The, um, the chorus line, I hope yeah, I get it. Like I hope I get it. Yeah, <laughs> the same thing. So you could do it. <laughs> and it's all this fear, right? The fear that comes up that says, oh my God, if I don't book this job, I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to be broke. If I don't book this job, my family is going to disherit me. If I don't book this job, I'm going to be unhappy. And I'm going to give you the most important mm. piece of advice for all your listeners. Yes. Okay? Are you ready? Michael? I'm ready. Oh, yeah. If you are an actor and you walk into the room because your agent or your manager told you that you have to book this job, you are going to be very, very unhappy mm. because only one person books the job. That's right. So you're walking, walking in, whether it be an interview, you don't have to be an actor to feel this way. By the way, I work with, I help people, non-actors to find their power. And the power is the opportunity to create, not to act, not to perform, not to show. If I want to impress you, right, I want to book, then I'm not going to be happy. But if I want to take a dance with you and you and I dance together and create the life, then it's going to be joyful. Because if I go out for because I am as well known as an audition guru. Yes. But to me, what's the definition of a guru? So, Michael, let me interview you. What is the definition <laughs> of your imagination? Because you know, I do a guru. Guru is someone who, you know, spreads the message, uh, a powerful message, and kind of like uh, like those tribes, you know, uh, Seth Godin talks about how things spread a viral message or uh, someone who spreads the love. Okay, I love it. Now, that's really good, okay, because most people think that a guru is all about being powerful. And they think that, and this is what happens, is so there are a lot of gurus in this world, a lot of acting gurus, and I'm sure you've met half of them, or you spoke to half of them. And these gurus put on a, an air, a wall around them because they want to protect themselves. Mm. And they sit in high chairs right. so that they can make sure they're better than you are, mm. right? So that they can keep their power. And I say that, I, yes, I am a guru. In this one area, I am a genius in this mind. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. Area, it is true. In this one area, I'm not just talking about auditioning. I'm talking about giving people power, finding ways to be a happier person. Right. And I'm, I'm a genius in that area. What makes you think that you are better than me or what makes me think I'm better well, than you? Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you for a minute. I'm thinking of high school, okay? You look at the, uh, the guy who really could care less, all right, about how he comes across. And he just he wants to get in front of some uh, hot girl, okay? Let's just be honest. And uh, he's not worried. He, he doesn't worry about everything. He just is himself. Uh, it's the person who is worrying about how they come across and, and, and feeling judged or the self-conscious behavior. I mean, let's all go back to high school, you know? And those are the people who don't get the girl. It's the okay. one who can go in saying, I could care less what people okay. think of me. They're the ones that walk away with the girl. Let me, let me, let me stop you there for a moment because we, we could have a 10-hour discussion on this, okay? Every single human being is fearful. It's just what we wear to cover it up. Mm -hmm. We've learned from way before our high school, from our childhood, from our infancy, how do I survive? What am I going to survive with in order to be able to um, look like I feel good about myself? Mm. So the person who is the jock, who can shtup, we call that Jewish shtup, <laughs> somebody, huh? they feel pretty good because they got, I got an air about me and it's right. very attractive. But if they didn't get the girl, they would fall apart. They're huh. just scared as you are. And there's always this thing about, I was, wish I was in the NTN group 
nobody's ever in the in group because everybody is frightened. We just right. wear masks. We just wear different masks. It's and the true. mask that covers us um, serves us for a while and then it stops serving us. That's why there's so much a conflict in the world. Well, That's let me ask you a question. Is that how it is with, with acting with the, uh, or that slice of life? You know, you look at uh, TV and film, people who really their calling card was their, their looks. And then all of a sudden, I mean, time and gravity, you know, and then all of a sudden they're no longer the vixen or no longer the hot male. And I, how do they struggle with that? I mean, you have to prepare these folks for the, the long haul because if they uh, identify too much with their looks, they're in trouble. Okay, here's an answer to that question. Margie Haber is not the same person who wrote this book years back. Mm. I am hope that you, Michael, are not the same person you were when you were in high school and college, et cetera. You'd be surprised. (laughs) I'm the same person as far as the love, Uh as far as how open I am. I mean, I am a very open person. I taught in uh, Indonesia in Jakarta, and they were all Muslims. And Michael, they're not any better or worse than me. We're all the same. Mm. And they were just as loving and just as delicious and just as excited to create and mm. just fearful because they were afraid I wouldn't accept them. And when I, they knew I accepted them and they accepted me, what, what happens? We were all part of the same family. We're all, everybody's cool because everybody's Megan Markle. Do you remember that with the, the pastor said that, uh, when we actually love one another, he said, who said, I'm sorry, what this was the, uh, pastor. I'm trying to think of the, the pastor for the, the wedding, the Royal wedding with Megan Markle and Prince Megan was uh, my student, by the way. I saw that yeah. not on your, on your website. And, you know, and she's a wonderful, delicious person. And it was, it's incredibly phenomenal that she can be half black, half whatever, and that they, this is, the world is accepting her. Yes, it's, it's remarkable. Them. And they, yeah. it's a, they're a great couple. But he said that, you know, when we actually love one another and treat it, he says, we become yeah. like family. That's right. You know, one and big yeah, happy so, family. So if I can relate this to human beings and acting, um, I've taught very famous people. Brad Heather, Pitt. Heather Locklear won. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Uh, Vince Vaughn, Kyle Chandler, one of my favorites of all times. Mm. All the new people now that are out that, that are, you know, that are just Tiffany Haddish, all who's very successful now. And everybody is injured. They're all injured. All those people are injured. Mm. It's what they do in life. How do they resolve them and how do they out themselves? You know, you're only as sick as your secrets. That's right. So people are trying to hide things about themselves. How can they live another person's life if they're hiding all that stuff? How can you be healthy unless you're willing to look at your own stuff and forgive yourself, right? And then say, you know what? I, it's, I, here I am. Now, will you share with, you, with me who you are? And guess what happens? We feel so much better. You feel comfortable. I was watching Ellen the other night, the other day, I should say, okay? And, you know, any time there were any mistakes or whatever, so-called mistakes, she didn't look at it as a mistake. She just no. went with it. And, and the audience loved her more. And it was more fun. It was more fun for the, for the guest. And so you talk about that, that, you know, stop thinking about things in terms of, of mistakes. You know, it's, it's about the human condition. Get to know it and get to, and I think that uh, 
And do actors, I mean, I'm sure that they, your book, of course, had to get the part without falling apart. Are they afraid to fall apart and make mistakes rather than just kind of embrace being human? That's what you teach. Yeah, I think what it, what it is, is that how I've journeyed is that embracing your perfections and all the things that were in the book that, that um, it, the book is a very much my voice. It talks like I talk, right? Yes. And it's powerful in that way. So we, we what I talk about is, if I'm willing to embrace my imperfections, when I walk into a room, whether it be for an audition or all these people that are listening to you right now that are not actors as well, that happen to have to go on an interview for a job, how many thousands of people have to interview for a job, right? Too many. Their fear is what? They're not going to get it, right? It's, it's, it's a preconceived type of thing. I mean, a self-fulfilling prophecy that what if I mess up? And that's all you're thinking. What if I mess up rather than what if I succeed? Yeah. Here's how it works. So say, this is one of my golden rules, Michael, I'm going to share this with you. This is, to me, the way an actor can find power, right? You, instead of being an actor and going to acting classes to teach you to act, to perform, to say, what is my overall intention? What, I don't need to understand that stuff. It's just what is my deep. motivation? Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> so I don't do any of that. Because to me, I teach being a human being, being a complicated human being, and complicated human beings are imperfect. That's right. And you, if you embrace that imperfection, then that's one. The second thing is when actors walk in the room, let's just say actors, they walk in the room, they're, they're scared. They're thinking, oh, my God, I don't know my lines. I don't know my lines. Or I don't know what I'm doing. And then you walk in and the casting director is not looking at you. What happens to the actor? They fall apart. They, they, they fall apart. And why? They power. They lose their power because who am I thinking about? You're, you're not thinking about the, the present moment. Me. Right. I'm narcissistic. All I can think about is me, 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 me. But what about, here comes the big clue. Okay. Here comes the big clue. <laughs> right. Drum roll. Hold on. Okay. Go ahead. Not yet, but Thank you. <laughs> the casting director is more frightened than the actor. Because the casting director only has one job in the next four months, and the director is freaking out. So your job as an actor is to walk in there and to help the casting director and to turn the lens and say, wow, I feel so bad. Here comes the word empathy. Hmm. I feel so bad for that person. Curiosity. I'm curious as to why she is so scared. And what happens to me is I'm no longer nervous. I no longer worry. And this kind of happened to me when I wrote my book originally. And I had to go on these shows. You know, they used to go on these shows. I had to go on E.T. Entertainment Tonight. CNN. Mm -hmm. And I was scared. I said, oh, please, <laughs> do. Don't put me on these. Oh, my God. I don't know what's going to happen. Because they expect me to be so great, right? Yeah. So... I said to my publisher, do me a favor, put me on something like really bad, like a bad, bad show, <laughs> a bad internet show where nobody's going to watch it so that I can practice and screw up. Mm -hmm. So I get on a really, really bad, bad show. Any you know, news? Maybe two people are watching it. <laughs> and he, and there's this woman, and I'm thinking, all right, don't, and if you could see me, if your audience could see me, I'm already starting to get nervous because I'm thinking about me. I can't breathe. Your hands look wet? 
right? And I yeah. look behind me and I see all these questions they're going to ask, ask me in pencil. That's how much money they couldn't afford. Mm. <laughs> I look and go, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I, I don't know the answer to these questions. And I start getting more and more freaked out and more amount, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. What do I do? This is horrible. And I, now I can't feel my bottom lip. I'm so nervous that I feel like I'm going to faint. I said, I'm going to faint right here. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> and I'm thinking, let's just want me to get out of here. Please let me out. Please let me out. This is just a, a cocktail, you know, little show. And all of a sudden, what came to me was, what would Margie Haber do? Mm. And then I thought, wait a second. Margie Haber would put the attention on the other person. And I started to look at this other person and to describe her, Michael would be like hard to describe. She really had, well, she had purple hair. Wow. She all over the place. She probably weighed, I don't know, maybe 800 pounds. She was huge. This wasn't Cleo, was it? Yeah, I'm just kidding. The no, one who tells the, you know, all right. Nobody else I know. Thank you. For <laughs> Nameless person. And she started to put her lipstick on in the camera, this purple lipstick that matched her purple hair. And I said to myself, oh my, how horrible, I need to help her. Going, soon as that happened, I got the feelings in my lips back. I was able to then do something that could support her. Because mm-hmm. I was no longer thinking about myself. You know something, I, 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 we can pick this up on television. When you watch television, I think there are far too many people who aren't looking at the other person. You, I'll even comment with my wife. I'll say, well, you know, that interview, that she's not even looking at her or a cooking show or whatever it may be. And, uh, and then you look at someone like Oprah Winfrey, who clearly oh. was engaged with yes. whoever she was talking to. And, you could, and Ellen, the same thing, okay? People can tell the difference. And, you know, so... Uh, yeah. Not everyone, even if they're on television or maybe even film for that matter. Well, here's but, the yeah. part. I do feel like I'm Oprah, but here's the thing. <laughs> I know Bernard would be best friends. Here is what happens now. You go to a doctor's office. Yeah. They don't look at you. They're too busy. No, 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 no. Yes. Away. yes, I just you had that. With your friends and they're busy on their phone. There's no connection. We have lost the most beautiful thing in communication because all I teach is communication. Right. I've seen you on uh, YouTube and you teach uh, corporate communication as well. You talk about being apologetic, getting in front of an audience and all of a sudden, you know why we do this. We apologize or, you know, you're supposed to, and the audience seems to feel whatever you're feeling. So if you're scared, they're scared. If you give away your power, you have, what's that? You have done your research on me. I guess I have. Yes, I have. (laughs) Yeah. People are afraid to let people see that they're afraid. So they'll walk into a room, whether it be a casting office, whether it be in front of public speaking, which is like the number one suicidal bat and dentist. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, they'll, walk in, they'll, they'll walk into a room protecting themselves because they're afraid to be hurt. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to say, I'm scared and I'm so vulnerable but I'm going to risk being seen and not think of you as my enemy, but as another person who is willing to dance with me. It's a duet. It's a duet. It's a duet. And and so, you know, (laughs) what was that? You and me. We're doing a duet. That's right. Where are you? you? Well, you know, I'm in Bradenton, Florida. 
Bradenton, Florida. It's actually by <laughs> like an owl flew in the room here. Um, you know, it's by Sarasota, Florida. The other side. Yes, the other My side. All in Palm Beach, Delray Beach. I used to live there. I used to live there until recently, and um, just moved here like five months ago, six months ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah they live in. Yeah, uh, my my mother who died at one hundred one and a half. Wow. People always ask me how come my mother lived so long, right? And at the hundred years old, she said, "How did I get to be a hundred? And I say the same thing with how I get to be in my seventies, and that is really because we love people, we love laughter, and we see the world glass half full. Mm. And then you can live a beautiful life, even though we are also miserable moments and get depressed. But that's the thing, my mother. In all honesty, I mean, you have really, when you think about what you've done, okay, let's just talk about it here. (laughs) Uh, People bring their hopes, their dreams to California, to Los Angeles, okay? How weird. You're a surrogate mother, is what you are. To so many different lives, I mean, giving birth to 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 you know careers and people, and so I mean, it's very rewarding to see that uh, the growth of a human being, the evolution of a person. I mean, that's you look must look at people and see. Do you see the finished product way before they do? You know, what's what's interesting to me is um, it's not. So this is good for your for your actors and for other people. It's not that I see the finished product and I'm interested in that. I see the process and I'm fascinated by human beings process. Mm-hmm. So when I worked with someone, for example, Owen T, who's a teenager, Owen T took my camp There's a camp I do in the summer, a camp team class for yeah. those that can't come, that don't live in LA. I have an international studies program, which is phenomenal where you, it's a two week program for adults. Phenomenal. And then I have this wonderful summer program that they can come and do camp for a week. So Owen Teague came to my studio, I guess it's about three years ago, he was 16. And he had studied with other people, which was unfortunately bad because when you study, I hate to say this, that a lot of people teach you to act and they have Mm. bad habits. Yeah. So I'm almost would be one of those habits, though. Just mention, you know, like a bad habit, like uh, over rehearsing or where you got too much in your head and not enough. You're, uh, you're, you're trying to bad habits are the following things. Uh, you are living too much in the character. So you don't even see the person in front of you. Hmm. See, most actors are taught when they're young and when they're getting high school and then in college, unfortunately, character work too quickly. So you're learning how to do character work, but you're not learning how to bring you into that character. Mm-hmm. So what happens is everybody does how how damn spot I say they do Shakespeare, <laughs> but they're not bringing themselves into the Shakespeare stuff. Right. I just went to see Tom Hanks do it, Henry the Fourth, and it was just incredible. Wow. Because Tom Hanks, because my other student Emily Swallow was in the show with him, I just could watch him all day long because though he did what he did, he brought himself to it. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when you study with, unfortunately, uh, acting coaches that I don't think help you, mm. you learn to, one, substitute, which is to me the worst thing. For example, oh, I don't have a son, but I have a dog, so I'll just use my dog. Yeah. Or, oh, I don't have a sister, so I'll just use my friend. No, you have to own the sister. The life is what's exciting about acting is creating the life of this person who has a sister who is 
ill who or is um, just married to a wealthy man, whatever it is, you get to remember what it was like growing up together. Mm-hmm. And it's very different being a sibling versus being an actor. So the bad habits are you get behind a character too quickly. Um, you come up in the audition because I'm being that cold reading and auditioning is my specialty, I'd say, that people, when they audition, they memorize it, which I'll talk about that in a second, too quickly. And then they solidify their idea and their choices to the point where they can't get away from them. So they're not present. Right. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's so important because people, again, they could pick up on that right away. I don't care if it's a community theater, dinner theater or whatever uh, it is. But uh, I was I was just thinking that as an actor or, or as someone who, let's just say, the slice of life, learning to live the life of the person you're playing. OK, uh, you know, I would think I would think that person wants to really get to the bottom of the human condition. I mean, are you surprised? Now, this is something you instill in people. You help them to go learn what it is to be a human being and all the messiness, not to hide from the messiness because real people, right. you know. But, you know, I, I'm not getting off the subject, but I was just on YouTube like a lot of people and I'm looking at Marlon Brando or an interview with Marlon Brando or uh, just, just film in The Godfather and uh, Al Pacino. And boy, you talk about the human emotions. I mean, they really get right down to the core where you can feel it. And I'm thinking that what's the point of, of living that slice of life or being an actor if, you're, if you really don't feel it inside? I mean, you know, it, it, do you think people realize I'm wasting my time? I'm not really getting truthful. I'm not getting truthful. The, the well, great famous actors get truthful. Yeah, so many, many things there that I have to split up with and say a couple of things. One... The old days of Marlon Brando, Montgomery Cliff, uh, James Dean was very um, masturbatory kind of acting. Mm. It was very much about feelings and pain. Right. Now, to a degree, that's really good. But the, the thing that happens to actors then, they come in and they want everyone to see how talented they are because they can feel. And don't you think, Michael, that most of the time we go into the room hoping they don't know that we feel this way? Well, sure. I mean, yeah, we cover up a lot. Right. So your job as an actor is to feel it, create it, but not show it. Hmm. So a lot of that was a lot of that was showing a lot. They went too far, maybe. (laughs) It's too too indulgent for me. Yeah. I mean, I loved... It's not going to be here. I love Godfather. I love Al Pacino. But now Al Pacino plays Al Pacino. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I that. They become a caricature of themselves sometimes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Whether you're new or whether you're old, limited a long time, whether you have a serious regular or whether you are someone who just begins, your job is to love creating. Mm-hmm. You have three days for this audition. You need to spend three days creating, not worrying about your lines. So for me, I don't believe in memorizing. Now you can. That's, and, that's that's the, and this is the, just to mention, the, uh, the famous uh, Haber phrase technique for actors. Correct. Yes. I don't, I don't even use the word technique anymore. Why? Because people then think, oh, it's technical. No, it's really not. It's an opportunity to use the paper as I'm using it as part of my, my behavior. If my paper is here, right near my face, not covering my face, but near, right in front of me, and I'm talking to you, you don't care. 
Like if you were looking at your notes right now and I'm doing this right now, you don't even care that I'm looking at my notes. Right. You see? So yes. I work with people that do speeches and all the time. And the casting directors look at that, don't they? They'd say, wait a minute. You know, this person can't be that uh, confident and self-assured because they're looking at their notes. Okay, so here's how I believe, right? Now, this is in Hollywood, weird, versus Atlanta, versus Florida. I've, so I've taught all over the world, as I mentioned, right. from Jakarta to Europe to all over. I just taught in Barcelona and Italy mm -hmm. and Rome and all over the world. Everybody wants you to memorize it. Everybody, except when you're in Hollywood. Hmm. Because it's smart enough to know that if you, Michael, have three auditions tomorrow, and you have 30 pages to memorize. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> should I memorize those 30 pages or should I create those 30 pages? Mm. That's true. If you're using the paper, like what I'm talking about, you don't even know I'm using it. Because it's part of my behavior. So I teach this as part of your behavior. How to use the paper as part of your behavior, not technically done. And do you recommend improv as well? Because you look at someone like Robin Williams, okay, who, you know, had a unique gift, obviously, to be able to take something and do something so much Hello, more. Hello, Vietnam. Hello, Viet good morning, Vietnam. Good job. <laughs> but, you know, I, everyone loved him for the reason that you said, is that he didn't, he didn't stay uh, in bondage, if you will, to the script. He created something out of it. So here's how I feel about this improv, okay? A, I think it's a wonderful way to get out of your box, to risk to be seen, to be quick and find things that come up to be a behavior. My problem with improv is when it is geared, which it normally is, to performance, mm. to show. I see. And therefore, I'm showing everything. I'm good, I am, blah, 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 blah. I'm not even listening. And yeah. they're afraid of silence, Michael. They're afraid of silence. Margie, I have to ask you, you know, today, obviously, film has changed, television has changed, and acting has changed. Or I should say that slice of life, getting into the, uh, the character of another person and living that life. But how has it changed for you in the, in the years back when you first began till now? I mean, uh, what a, you, we talked about uh, Marlon Brando, of course, and, uh, and Al Pacino. But what about now? How have things changed for people, for actors? So what, what well, did, I, I think that, you know, I mean, when I worked with Brad Pitt, which is a long time ago, and Thelma and Louise, it was wonderful about Brad and why people, why he did such a great job was because he brought the essence of himself, his playful child, into this life. And we fell in love with him. He, that's, that was his breakout performance. Right. And I worked with him on the screen testing of it and worked with another guy at the same time. So I knew, you know, whatever. But Brad Pitt's charisma, his playful child, mm -hmm. was so delicious that we couldn't care less that he was a bad guy, right? Right. You hear that from all the ladies. <laughs> right? That's very different than the indulgence, way I see it, of being indulgent in the pain of your character mm -hmm. right you know uh, he he had he had pain he was, i'm sure he was abandoned i'm sure the character was um did nobody loved him as a child or whatever happened but somehow he found he could use his playful child from through manipulation right and at the time we fell in love with him right mm -hmm. so that is where i gear people a lot to you know, from the time with working with him to time with working with Kyle Chandler, who said to me, because, oh, I was telling you about ONT. I don't want to forget this about ONT. 
So Owen Teague was a teenager that came to work with me in the teenage camp. Though he'd studied with different people, he was fascinated by being a human being. Fascinated. He was so curious, he fell in love with creating. Mm. That's it. And because he fell in love with creating, I fell in love with him. He books um, the series Bloodline. And he's, and every week, Michael, we would FaceTime each other. And every week, I would help him to enjoy the creation of this young kid hmm. whose mother was a drug addict, whose father abandoned him. But one would say, where's the fun in that? Well, the fun is living in their shoes and the healthiness is getting out of their shoes. But when you're in their shoes, it's so incredible. And he just loved it. And then he'd be, you know, now, he's, now he did, then he did, now we're doing with him on It, which was scary to me. I hate those things. Stephen King's movie. Yes. I had to watch it with my hearing. But he loves creation. That's what I love. And isn't that the first thing that we learn too in school about, you know, putting yourself in another person's shoes? I mean, isn't that the, cur- the first like character building lesson for all of us that you have no idea? I remember teachers saying that you have no idea what another person is going through unless you live in your shoes. And so the, what you do and you say about this, that of course you're there to make people better actors or live the slice of life and learn uh, how to be a better human being. And uh, that's, I mean, you can't lose either way. I don't care if you make it or not. You're going to, you're going to learn how to care about other people. You're going to be better. Yes. It's a hundred percent. The international studies program for people that are listening, by the way, um, you, when you come from all these amazing places in the world, whether it be France, we had a couple of people from France last time. We had a couple of people from Italy. Lots of people come from Australia. The great country of Florida, the great country of New York. But when these people come here for two weeks, Michael, they, as long as they've had some training, they're not completely off the boat, you know, they will have the most incredible journey because what you're talking about is what they will experience. Mm-hmm. Have two weeks where they study with, I have 10 teachers that teach me. Now two weeks where they will study with, one teacher, another teacher, another teacher, and they're all beginning influenced by the same Haber philosophy, which is that the relationship guides you and to remove the wall. And you'll do that. And then you go to, you know, and then the following week you get to work with me, which you don't get to do. That's right. For three days, you get to work with a casting director, a manager, but don't be tricked with other people. Do not be tricked. Only do this for educational purposes. My, my, my big thing every Monday, I give a two o'clock free class every mm-hmm. Monday. It's a give back class. I'd like to and be I there. <laughs> you can come. Every Monday at two o'clock, I say this to them. You deserve to be with somebody in your life who appreciates you and who honors you. And if you're working with someone who thinks they're better than you, run. Mm. Run. It always exactly. seems that way. Hey, kid, you want to make it in this business? Uh, you know, and you, and they, <laughs> they put the person down or they, they make them uh, feel small and in, in a little audition. You get to work with a casting director. It's, we're totally an educational place. I read on Yelp, okay? So if uh, the listeners, they go to Yelp, okay? I mean, the best ratings when you look at Marchie Haber Studios. And uh, a lot of people will mention, you know, coming off the boat or coming to Los Angeles, that at very high tech as well, as far as uh, you having the ability to film and the open audition process, if I'm saying that. Well, here's the thing about that, so I can tell you. So they, you know, You're equipped over there. <laughs> when I was an actress in 1804, 
I didn't have go to classes. Eighteen went to study classes. I was finally laughing at that. I, I get to I went to scene study classes, and these scene study classes were by some very very um, gurus. They're gurus, and I always felt uncomfortable. And very mm. small. And I always talk about people at two o'clock on Mondays at my studio. I always talk about be careful who you study with, okay? Because they made me feel, because I let them, that I wasn't good enough. So when I studied with Lee Strasberg and Milton Casellas or all these people, wow. mm -hmm. gurus, it didn't help me. Really? But, no, because I was too scared because they treated me. I was, they were treated me badly. They wouldn't. You hear about that. I've heard things, stories about that. Oh, terrible. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to go to places that treat you badly. You mm. want people to respect you. And when I understood that, that's why I teach what I teach, is to, you know, to find, the, find the power. Who are the people who have poured into you uh, at this point? I mean, because you're going to, are you not exhausted after giving it all? Well, I am exhausted, but I'm always replenished because I see people's growth. And what books are you reading just to kind I of stay? Any acting books. Okay. I don't, I read, here's what you, here's the most important thing, I guess, to tell you. Um, if you can't come to Los Angeles, right, you have options. One, I can't tell you how important it would be to do the international studies program. That two weeks will change your life. Mm. So, you know, look at margiehaber.com, look it up, call the office 310-854-0870, 310-854-0870. Talk to Hamish, who's the best guy, or Anne and find out about the International Studies Program, you will be, it's not international, it's national, but includes international. That's the first thing. If you can't do it, and you don't have the money, and you can't come, I have done, and you know, besides writing the book, I have created the most incredible stop acting digital class. And this stop acting digital class can be found on, on stop acting Margie Haber on demand. Okay. So if you look on demand and stop acting, you'd find it or my name. This is a, an opportunity for you to watch me teach, which is incredible. I've seen it. Yes, it is. <laughs> I like that you said that. I was supposed to tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I mean, you know something, but you have everyone on their feet and, and wide-eyed and, and taking it all in and they're learning something and they're feeling it. You mentioned they're feeling it there and there, you know, they're feeling it everywhere. They're feeling, <laughs> they're feeling it. Uh, and uh, I mean, you, you have to go for that, that visceral, you've got to feel it, you know. I, I remember I took, a, what was it, a music appreciation class uh, at the good old Nassau Community College, which is not Harvard. But anyway, the, uh, the professor said, you know, he played a piece of classical music, okay, and we're hung on a certain note, okay, and, and everyone felt something, all right. And he said, try to live your life so you can feel what you just felt right there, that truth if you just don't hold on to that, you know, if you don't seek it, you'll live your life going through the motions, you'll regret it. And so, you know, you get people who have dreams and you, uh, you know, build, build them up and get them ready and prepared. And it's got to be the most uh, rewarding career that you have as an acting coach. Well, I think everybody, everybody lives, in my belief, you live life once. You have one life to live. And in that life, what can I do in that life to bring myself and every and happiness into others as well. I couldn't have a better life because I do this every day. Yes. So this is, you know, this is stuff I do when I work with Owen, I can barely charge him. I actually, I should pay him 
for the joy of creating with him. Hmm. And when you have that opportunity to stop acting, create a life, be able to love that, then you then I have doctors that study with me. I have I mean, my foundation class, I have doctors and lawyers and radio people and right. dancers and hosts. I have people that come because your voice, by the way, I was telling you this before, I'm doing a, a slice of life in a movie that Steven Spielberg Stephen King is doing. Wow. And it's scary. It's really scary. And it's being long. I don't want to say the name, but it's been in, it's, you're in the grass and you can't see anybody. All you can do is hear. So you're listening to the voice. Mm. And when you listen to someone's voice, it's it really, and you don't have the video, it gives you so much about that person. Mm-hmm. Because it, are they willing to share vulnerability? Right. Are they willing to allow themselves to bring out their playful child? Are they willing to allow themselves to listen and then find empathy? And Michael, I think you're very good at this. Wow. I'm, you know, thank you. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm speechless now, but we have it on tape and I can play it over and over again when I'm feeling low. <laughs> but I mean, if you say that, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll wake up to it. I'll put in my alarm, you know, and uh, come and visit me in LA. Thank you. <laughs> you want me to come to LA? Is that what you said? I would love, I would love, you know, my wife said she'd always want to go to California, never been. And now you have a reason. Yeah, I do. I really do. But you're welcome here to uh, Sarasota, Bradenton. You got to, you know. And what I do, you know, you're talking about that. You're talking about MHC, March April Communications. I'll be in Boston doing uh, something for a big company. Um, I I work with people. Like if you've got a whole bunch of people, half Margie will come. I go to every place that people (laughs) New York and Boston in October. I would come and help people grow, whether it be actors or not actors. It doesn't make a difference to me. And if people want to do that and we put something together in the future, maybe, who knows? Margie, you can't buy the kind of life you've lived uh, as far as the, the, the happiness and the joy, uh, honestly. And, and, and you must feel great about that. I mean, because you can't fake this type of passion that you have for people and a love for people. And uh, I'm not going to sing the Barbra Streisand, you know, people who need people. I think that you're you are one of those people. How to get the part without falling apart? It's the answer to every actor's audition prayers. Acting coach, slice of life coach, sorry. Margie Haber has created a revolutionary <laughs> technique, philosophy to get actors through readings without stumbling over the script. The book helps actors break through the psychological roadblocks to auditioning at roadblocks <laughs> with a specific 10-step method of breaking down the scene. And Halle Berry, Brad Pitt, Kelly Preston, uh, Heather Locklear, Vince Vaughn, and the, and the list goes on and on. And uh, you're great. You know it. And, uh, and go check out Margie and her book as well, uh, How to Get the Part Without Falling and I Apart. I you know, you're the first time, I'm not telling you, but I am creating a second book. You, are you really? Would you come no, on again? I feel like Johnny Carson. Would you come on again you know, to the show? And, uh... Uh, yes, when that book is finished. It's going to be very different than that book. We shall talk again. So as we say, L'chaim. Because I know you. I know you. I read the end of your book, To Life, L'chaim. You've really read that book. Yeah, yeah. I know about you. I've read about you. You watch the Stop Acting Digital. I really want people, besides the book, to really go and get that Stop Acting Digital class because it is a lot of me who I am today. I knew you'd be a lot of fun, and uh, you actually surpassed my expectations from... Oh, good. Uh, Am I one of your favorites? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Am I in the top three? 
you're 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 probably number one. <laughs> you, you or George Foreman, one of the two. Either you or okay. George Foreman. Because he's not in competition with me. Because <laughs> God bless you. Well, I've enjoyed you tremendously. Yeah, I enjoyed you too. Our sponsors, with over ninety years' experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand, from headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit vocalboothtogo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission. To make you sound your best, thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.